재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Continuing International News Digest, uh, we're taking a look at the first week of the Donald Trump presidency in the United States. It's been a pretty eventful week, I think you can say, uh, marked with some controversial moments like uh, this debate over crowd sizes at inaugurations, an idea that uh, uh, Trump might send federal forces into places like Chicago, uh, immigration policy, and uh, we want to sort of get an assessment of what's been going on, and particularly in his uh, very contentious views on immigration. One of his most famous campaign slogans was, I'm going to build that wall with Mexico, and Mexico's going to pay for it. To give us some analysis, we're very pleased to have joining us from the School of Political Science and Economics at Waseda University, Professor Christopher Hobson. Hello. Hi, thank you for having me. Well, thank you for joining us, uh, Professor Hobson. Uh, So, uh, as you've been able to observe uh, just with the first week of Donald Trump's presidency, uh, uh, what are your overall impressions or thoughts? Well, certainly he's uh, shown that he's very willing to push ahead with um, controversial policies. Um, He's very much playing to his base and... um, the hope that he might adopt a more presidential approach or perhaps be um, constrained by, um, you know, advisors and people close to him. This has so far proven not to be the case. He's very much continuing uh, as he was when he was a presidential candidate. Let's address the issue of immigration because, as you say, he's, uh, at least uh, from his supporters' perspective, shown a willingness or determination to keep some of those campaign promises, Mm -hmm. including that famous wall pledge. And he has assigned some executive orders to that end uh, to begin construction. Apparently, uh, the leaders in the House of Representatives, like Paul Ryan, have allotted $14 billion uh, to construct this uh, so-called concrete wall. The question is, who ultimately pays for it? This is initially going to be a taxpayer-funded event if it does happen. Uh, He's saying Mexico will pay for it including with a 20% uh, uh, import tariff, uh, which seems to be a little bit uh, difficult to manage uh, politically. How do you think, how feasible is this plan just from uh, a a political science perspective? Yeah, well, I mean, it's certainly not economically feasible, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's not going to happen. Okay. Um, You know, I I think... um, now that Trump is, is has committed to it so strongly, I think he needs some type of win on it. So I think really what the Trump administration is going to be looking for is a way to be able to present um, this as a victory for him. So even if the wall doesn't get fully built and there's no way um, it, it presumably can, just um, even the, the mechanics of building it, from what I've read, seem um, just you know very difficult to achieve. Um, you know, if they can build some of the wall, present it in a way that, that he's kind of, uh, you know, doing what he said he was doing, also being able to uh, present it in a way so it appears that Mexico is paying, like it, it's highly unlikely Mexico is going to pay at all. But sure. if they can present it through a border adjustment or, or, you know, or by putting a tariff, they can present it in a way so it appears that um, Mexico is paying for it. I think this is what they'll be aiming for. The uh, president of Mexico, uh, President Nieto, already canceling a uh, trip, scheduled trip to Washington, D.C. As you say, uh, they have no intention of paying for it. Uh, a 20% I- 
import tax does seem to be now off the table because uh, apparently the uh, spokesperson has now come out and said, well, uh, there was just sort of a trial balloon, which is kind of a scary thing where you're not campaigning anymore when we're talking about serious policy issues. You can't just run trial balloons and get public reaction because what you say now has really dire consequences. And and the, I suppose what people some people are wondering is uh, whether they realize that uh, they, there are such dire consequences to these kind of offhand comments. Well, I think one thing we really need to appreciate is is how much kind of chaos there is um, in the in the Trump administration at the moment. You know, there are so many um, senior and but also you know mid level. Uh, position, policy-making positions which have not been filled, um, you know, both in, in regards to economic policy, also in regards to the State Department. So they really don't have um, a full team on deck to be dealing with these kind of issues. Um, and, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty normal that at the beginning of a, a, a new presidency, you're going to have uh, a learning curve, especially with foreign policy, but due to the unique nature of the, of the Trump administration, this learning curve is um, obviously much sharper uh, and much harder than what we've had with previous administrations. Just staying with immigration, uh, what do you make of the executive orders that he did issue in terms of restricting immigration as well as refugees from targeted countries uh, in the Middle East or, or countries that have a majority Muslim population? Well, I mean, I think it's really worth emphasizing how um, ethically wrong it is, given that many of the countries that he's targeting are countries which uh, the United States and allies have been military active, and they're very much uh, responsible for, partly responsible for the turmoil in these countries. So by completely shutting uh, the door to refugees uh, from these countries is is really a deeply problematic uh, move. in terms of you know the, the, the more general uh, kind of trend, I mean, it is worth noting that um, Obama uh, deported something like 2.5 million undocumented migrants. Right. So um, this is you know in some ways he's kind of ramping up and continuing a trend that Obama actually kind of started. Yeah, and I, I think that is the misperception because of the way the campaign went where uh, Obama was perceived as being sort of soft on immigration where uh, a lot of his critics would say that Obama was uh, actually uh, pretty uh, harsh in terms of, as you say, uh, forcibly uh, expelling uh, uh, undocumented immigrants uh, from the country. Uh, Bottom line, in terms of an international relations perspective, and you do say that uh, these are sort of growing pains that any administration goes through, and if we have the expected uh, appointment of Tillerson as the Secretary of State, I just read that uh, top-ranking State Department officials, these are career foreign service officers, have all uh, basically essentially all resigned. Uh, These are people who spent decades working for Republican and Democratic presidents. This seems like a very, very difficult time, not just for the U.S., but for the rest of the world, including uh, reports that they plan to uh, remove that ban on those so-called CIA black sites. And uh, once again, I guess through his words, uh, emphasizing that torture does indeed work. Yeah, I mean, we're we're definitely entering a sort of dangerous period insofar as... um uh, basically, the United States is now potentially uh, undermining the international order, which has been uh, overseeing and leading basically since the end of the Second World War. Um, 
And what is clear, especially to not only America's allies, but also its enemies, is that uh, America at the moment is, is very unstable, it's very divided. Um, for its enemies, this means it's a kind of a, uh, a clear moment that you know, they can take advantage of this for, for America's allies. They have to be uh, less and less confident that they can rely on America. So this is you know, likely to create more and more kind of instability uh, in the international system. And one of the real concerns is it is much easier to uh, destroy things than it is to yeah. build them. Um, and that's what, where we're kind of ending into dangerous territory, I think. And the, the scary aspect of this is uh, doesn't seem to have a, a good solution or a, an answer to is what can anybody do? What can the international community do? It doesn't appear that the uh, responsible members of the Republican Party have the appetite to really stop any of some of the more questionable policy moves. The Democrats either are unable or unwilling to do so as well. And a lot of the countries around the world, even if they speak uh, with one voice, uh, don't really necessarily have the power to affect any change or, or, or affect his uh, thinking on some of these issues. Well, I mean, what's really interesting, actually, is when you look at Trump's kind of foreign policy is not everything he is proposing is uh, completely uh, ridiculous or problematic. <laughs> and America's foreign policy has been drifting in, in a deeply problematic uh, direction for quite a long time now. Um, and so there is the potential that, you know, at least some of the things he's uh, kind of suggesting may have kind of some value. One thing which is interesting is potentially what we're right. seeing is China basically being forced to um, become much okay. more explicit about being willing to support um, the current right. international order. And the okay. assumption's always been is that Ch China wants to kind of, you know, overthrow it in a way, but really China's okay. been a lot from it, right? We're going to have to leave it there. We are out of time. But Professor Hobson, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Have a good night. You too.